0: Good morning, this is Cheryl Stabler with the Unshakable Women podcast. We publish each morning at 5.30 here from Los Angeles and 8.30 a.m. on the Eastern Standard Coast time. Monday through Friday, we profile women who have conquered tremendous tests and challenges in life. These unshakable women will share their story and encourage other women on their purpose-driven journeys. Connect with us for 10 minutes each morning and subscribe to the podcast for alerts to new shows. Share the link. Follow our team at Unshakable Women on Instagram and Facebook. Today, we welcome... Bethlehem. Bethlehem, are you with us? I am. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Great to have you on.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yes. I've known Bethlehem for oh, a number of years now. Um, some of you know my journey and we have met in business. Bethlehem is an amazing young woman with an amazing story and I'm so glad that she's here to share it with you. So I am going to open the platform to Bethlehem and she is going to share her story with you personally hi uh so as harold said
1: my name is bethlehem um i am a first-gen american Um, my parents are both from the country of eritrea which is in east africa and i think for me what's been my biggest struggle or i say my biggest challenge has always been finding a place in between finding a place to fit where i feel not only represented but seen accepted and and loved and cherished. Um, okay,
0: can I can I ask for those who are geographically challenged can you share can you share what um, continent that country is from please?
1: Africa. It's East Africa.
0: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> um, so uh, many people who are first gen meaning first generation meaning they're 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 the first um, generation in their family to be born in the U.S., um, a lot of times the struggles that we face are trying to be enough, right? Trying to be, in my case, American enough when I'm with my American friends and family and in the workplace, but also maintain my culture and be, in my case, very trained enough, uh, mm-hmm. which has been a struggle that I've had to figure out for, for a very long long time um -hmm. i think for women in particular it's harder because you know the stereotypes are true in the fact that the way women are raised in places like east africa and other parts of africa india and the way that the men are raised the boys are raised is completely different you know you see these Mm -hmm. these these stereotypes being shown in all types of media where it's almost joked about how uh The girls or the daughters are very like protected, and they can't, you know, talk about sex or relationships or feelings or go out with their friends and things like that. Where the boys are like, "Oh, I'm gonna be gone. I'll be home when I'm home," and it's like, "Okay, cool. You know, have a good time. Come back. You know, just come back safe or whatever." That's a real thing, you know. So for us, for 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 women of the diaspora, I think for us, it's always also been about finding a voice for ourselves to be like, "Hey, this is not okay. Hey." we should be treated equally, which is a struggle I think that anybody and everybody can can relate to. I don't think that's that's exclusive to just people of the diaspora. I think that's something that's relatable for all women across the board. But for Absolutely. us in particular, it takes that challenge even further when you've got the other um, struggles and, and things that we have to deal with on top of that. Um, I think for me, just what's been kind of my... My motivation and what's kind of kept me going is I didn't actually know my parents' story. I didn't. They they left um, Eritrea during a time of war um, and they came to the U.S. and sought refuge. And so they were very lucky. Um, and for a long time growing up, I was like, oh, you know, my parents are from East Africa and, and I was raised here. And that was kind of all it ever was. And it wasn't until much later in my adult life that I actually asked my parents what... Did it look like, or what it did take for you guys to leave Eritrea, mm-hmm. and that opened quite <laughs> quite a door that I wasn't wow. expecting. Um, Your history, yes, absolutely. Um, but also the 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 things that my parents went through, the challenges that they went through that I never even thought about. I never even gave a, a, a thought to. Um, essentially, they were escape, escaping. And for them, and many people who did who took this journey, it was a matter of you escape and you seek refuge, or if you're caught, it, it doesn't end well. You know, it, it's, it's, it's something that all of our parents took the risk of doing for us, which, again, me finding out in my adult life made me feel horrible it made me feel guilty it made me feel shame because it was something that I never even bothered to ask and it was it's a huge part of who I am right because had my parents not taken that journey my life would be completely different um or had my parents been caught I essentially wouldn't even be here so something that I always remember is that something that I always remember is that my parents even though growing up it seemed really hard like they didn't understand me they didn't understand the culture I was trying to immerse myself in which was the American culture for a very long time I had this animosity because I was just like why can't I just be American why can't I just be like everybody else and so to find out my parents story and to find out what they did just changed my entire life and made me realize that that's why you know when my parents say things to me like, no, you can't go out tonight. I want you to be home. I want to be safe. It's not because they want to be overprotective. It's because they went through so much to get me to a place that I could live a life that wasn't going to be full of war and and trials and tribulations that they knew were coming. You know what I mean? They wanted to give me my best life. So in doing so, you know, ask for them to just ask me something as simple as, you know, can you go to school? Can you make sure that you get an education? Can you apply yourself in all parts of life is not asking much. You know what I mean? And yeah. so um, that is my constant motivation in life. Um, that is what keeps me going. That's what drives me. That's what makes me every day do what I can to not only make them proud, but to fulfill the dream that they themselves haven't been able to fulfill and that they had for my siblings and I, in taking that journey and trekking across three countries just to get here,
0: I I, I love it. And as a as a daughter of immigrants, mm-hmm. um, are you were you, when you were going th- processing all these feelings? Were you processing pretty much by yourself with your siblings, or do you have a sisterhood of? Other people from the same community that your parents integrated from—did you? Was there anyone else that you can reach out to, and you had had someone really helping you through the process, or did you truly feel like you were by yourself? Um,
1: it it the minute I heard the the minute I heard my parents tell me my story, the first person I actually called was my sister, and I was lucky enough to, and she and I just had these tearful. Conversation where we were just like, my God, we did not know what it really meant for us to do that. And then something like lit within me. And I immediately, the next thing I wanted to do was to tell their story. Um, and so that uh, involved me reaching out to many of the other parents that I, my parents left with or, or left around the same time with that I grew up with, I reached out to their children. A lot of them being, you're right, sisterhoods or a sisterhood. of of women that I knew I have known my whole life. And so I reached out to them to not only just be like, hey, do you guys understand what our parents did for us, but also to get their stories. And that created a conversation amongst us that lasted until now. I mean, we still talk about this now. And this is a conversation I had with my parents a decade ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that has been something that's just driven me because I like because of that sisterhood, because of those friendships that I've been able to have and been blessed to keep, over the past few years um, whenever something happens or whenever I need a reminder or whenever I'm processing something I have them to go to you know what I mean and it doesn't matter where they are it doesn't matter what time it is it doesn't matter what's going on they'll always make sure that they're there for me and that is something I'm incredibly lucky to have because I know that it's not something that everybody is granted Um, so I share them I hold them near and dear to my heart because if you don't have that sisterhood, if you don't have that, that relationship, that community, um, a lot of times going through life and going through life when you're dealing with these types of findings and things can just, can just isolate you and put you in a place of, of, of solitude. And I don't think that that's... Um, well, for me personally, that's not a healthy place for me to be in. So I've been fortunate enough you have that mm-hmm. sisterhood to
0: fall back on okay so that's my, that lends into my next question okay. so there there may be someone out there who is young and maybe doesn't know the stories of their parents and mm-hmm. and they feel isolated in this land mm-hmm. or they may feel isolated when they go back and visit their parents land mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wake up and each day saying who am I right um so if there's someone like that listening today mm-hmm. on this podcast what would be the one tip that you give to them that will motivate them to get up every day and be the best person that they can be and and try and help them to overcome that feeling of being isolated mm-hmm. Um, Well, I would say it's two parts. I would
1: say that it's first having that conversation with their parents and Mm -hmm. um, really, I think, I think finding out what your parents have done for you and what their journey looked like before you really puts a whole new perspective on your life and your upbringing Mm -hmm. and why things were the way they were. Okay. So I think first communication with your parents, having that open dialogue and being able to speak with them. And then I think... If they don't have a sisterhood or a st- sistership that they can rely on, I think, um, and if they can't find one, I think creating one is their next best thing. Um, we live in a world, in a digital age, where, you know, social media and the internet allows us to connect to so many people without ever having to leave our homes, you know what I mean? And right. there are places, thankfully, um, where people who do feel alone can turn to um, to find like-minded people. Um, so I would say if you don't have that that community that you can rely on and you can't find it per se, create it. Start with, start with you and one other person. Again, it was me and my sister in the beginning. And then my curiosity led me to reaching out to other people. And some of these people I hadn't spoken to in forever. But reconnecting with them just opened those relationships back up to the, to the point where now I can just i at the drop of the hat. Call them, and they're there for me. You know what I mean. But it took me being able to take those steps and and, and reach out to those women and to those people for this to become my new situation and my new my new my new sisterhood, my new group. Um, and it can be scary. It's a very scary thing to put yourself out there um, mm-hmm. and to be vulnerable. Um, but I think not doing so is more detrimental to a person's well-being than doing so. Because I do believe that most of us are inherently good and want to be there for other people. And so if you put yourself out there, I would hope and I truly believe that you would be able to find those people that can become your new, your new community.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join and share your story with us today. I, I think I hear a book somewhere in there, Bethlehem. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hear a book. I think I hear a radio show being broadcast <laughs> through East Africa. There's something else in there just waiting to be birthed. Um, where can our listeners find you on social media and see that beautiful face of yours? <laughs> uh, my social media for Twitter and Instagram is mm-hmm. Bethlehem
1: Awate. So it's Bethlehem, like the city, um, and then my last name, which is A W A T E S and Tom E. Okay,
0: all right, and we are just so very grateful that you came on today. Thank you for joining us. You are an unshakable woman. Thank you for having and, me. And your story was just amazing. So stand by with me as I close out the podcast. And thank you again. And thank you to all of our audience and those ladies who are tuned in today. I pray that you enjoyed Bethlehem as much as I did. And as long as I've known Bethlehem, I've never heard that story. So she's blessed me as well. You have many podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful that you chose to tune into our wonderful Sisterhood of unshakable women. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at unshakablewoman. Woman. If you want to call in and share your story, visit our social platforms and send us an email. A special thanks to our in-kind sponsors, Classic Public Relations, a PR firm building your business brands in the Los Angeles market, to Infinity Travel, Escapes That Soothe the Soul, DreamWatchers.org, providing free performance arts training to Los Angeles kids ages 8-18. through Visit our social profiles for their contact information and details. Build your sisterhood tribe and live an unshakable life. Thank you again for joining us. We'll we'll see you tomorrow.